0: no two people are alike we're all different but every person you meet in your life no matter who they are whether it's a king or a pauper you will learn something from that person whether you know that you have learned something today or you will understand that you have learned something in 10 years always know that whoever you meet and whatever conversation you have will teach you something
1: this is ibrahim murat and welcome to chapters of my life podcast in a world where success is defined by external outcomes state of busyness, we need to learn to prioritize for inner outcomes in fact have you ever spoken the word business slowly what did you realize yes it sounds like busyness being busy is not a state of productivity state of prioritization. The question is, are we prioritizing for the right things in life? When we learn to prioritize for ourselves, no matter professionally or private, we learn to stop being busy and start learning to live. But first, before we go and jump right into the podcast episode with Ibrahim Murat, I want to give you a quick overview. What is Chapters of My Life podcast? First of all, I want you to imagine your past life. Right, where should I start? I'm Daniel Ludwig, trainer and leadership coach by profession, and I'm always fascinated to look back in life and turn your life stories in form of a book for other generations to learn from, but also for yourself, a self-reflection and to gain new life energy. It's a challenge itself, and frankly, not everyone has thought of this. As we always think, when we get older we should write our own life book. Oh. But in fact, we have so many experiences, ready to share with others, achievements, failures to learn from, positive and negative life transitions, which in the end lead to the person we are today. In this chapters of my life podcast is an inspiring collection of life transitions packed into a podcast audiobook book format, capturing the willpower and belief of people during important life-changing decisions. Very excited to have Ibrahim Murad on my podcast. He's a highly motivated professional with over 35 years of experience in commercial activities, business development, sales marketing across multiple industries. But this podcast is not about business. It's about him as a person and who he became over the last years of true inner reflection. I met Ibrahim at the end of 2020 through our coaching journey. So over a year ago, since our first meeting, what stuck me the most was his reflection skills, driven and focused approach toward business and personal growth. His life book, Everything Happens for a Reason, contains three chapters. It's all about personal growth. It's all about how to overcome setbacks in life, but also how to learn from others. We talk about the right perspective in life, but also how to find a work-life balance. As he mentioned, he doesn't like chapter names. We still worked out some um, best titles for the listeners to better see the content of each chapter. So I hope you like this next episode. With Ibrahim, this is truly all about personal reflection. Enjoy. so here we are thank you so much ibrahim for taking the time live from the uk
0: thank you for inviting me
1: thank That's you so much i i mentioned that in the in the beginning in the intro that we know each other for almost a year for our coaching and uh, training and our yeah what well, we did together the certification with the icf and since that time you know we're supporting each other for the coaching and i you know found your your life journey and, you know, your life experience. So interesting. I thought this is a perfect person to be on the podcast, to share the learnings and to, you know, identify what is your autobiography uh, going to look like. So Ibrahim, first of all, what is your current book you're reading?
0: I'm reading the Coactive Coaching uh, book because I'm just... Uh, preparing myself for the ACC exam and the uh, ICF certification. So that, that's the book that I'm looking into right now.
1: And maybe for the listeners, if you can quickly explain, what is the co-active um, book for the listeners who don't know? What the
0: the co-active coaching book is uh, a, a book that outlines what is the ICF coaching uh, the principles that are behind it and the methods and tools that can be used when you're doing the coaching. And the coaching is a form of coaching where you work together with your coachee to identify issues, problems, and look at different ways on how you might tackle them.
1: Great. So that's your current book, what you're reading. So are you reading it mostly at home or where is your favorite um, well, yeah, reading place?
0: I, I currently work from home, so uh, I either take the time out to read at home or over the weekend I might just go out to someplace nice, you know, where a nice scenery and just do some reading with a cup of coffee and, yes. and, and look into it. So it, it just depends. Okay. Uh, I love reading as a habit and I've done that since I was very young. So for me, reading comes as, as part of a daily exercise.
1: Ah, so you are more kind of uh, so when you say it's kind of a habit, so you're usually reading like more, in a specific time of the day, or is it really depends on?
0: No, not not really it depends on 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 the time and the frame of mind. I think.
1: Mm, okay, that's great. So. I wanted to ask you, uh, I was very keen to know what you're currently reading, because this is a little bit related to what we're going through the journey now in the next uh, one and a half hour, two hours, to a little bit better understand how your book look like. Um, Ibrahim. We only know each other online so far. We never met each other in person. Mm. (laughs) If I would met you in person, if I met you like in the UK in person, I would probably know better where you usually go for your favorite library. Um, Do you have a favorite library to go to near your place?
0: No, not really. That's never been. Um, I find libraries, I like to be, relaxed when I read, and I find that the library you've got, you're sort of restricted in, of how you can move and uh, how you can sit down or whatever it is. I've done some library work, very light library work at the University of Leicester's library. and uh, They've got a special section where you can, you've got couches and you can sit and relax while you read. But I, I find that a little bit restrictive because I might sometimes read only for 15 minutes and sometimes I'll read for two, three hours. Um, so the home for me is my library.
1: Okay, so from the library, when you say you feel a little bit distracted, that means that you need more very quiet environment to focus?
0: No. Uh, for, for, for me, there always has to be a background noise. So some form of music or even it might be a TV program that's on. If you ask me what I'm done reading, what I saw or what I heard, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But I'll know that it's there in the background. So for for me, even to do my work in complete silence doesn't work with me. Uh, I don't know why. I've never thought about it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: so you need this kind of stimulation in the background just kind of there is something going on this completely still uh too quiet and so on yeah okay that's good to know because i'm wondering always when i you know when i'm when i'm going to a library um and i'm seeing all these different type of books with different sections i'm usually very interested in Jumping immediately into a book, you like reading it, and literally reading it in the library. So um, was I thought like maybe you have a very interesting favorite library near your place.
0: No, no, not really, because I'm I'm, I'm sort of a little bit picky with the sort of books that I read, um, and then for me it's more about different biographies, um, sort of what we're what we're doing like now, but but more in a book uh that's usually very interesting either biography or if somebody has written about a certain person and it's not a certain personality per se but different peoples from different backgrounds and, and how they come forward with with their story
1: mm-hmm. and what, what inter- interests you uh in reading other people's stories what does inspire you so much
0: it's it's not a matter of inspiring it's more uh, to understand how different people react under different conditions Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, it's it's just the curiosity about human behavior if you want
1: Uh and have you always been like this have you been always very interested in in well
0: since a very young age Mm
1: -hmm. okay that's probably also why you are now starting to, to focus also more on coaching um, and learning more about the human being on a, in a different I angle.
0: Think, I think coaching is an end result for whatever I've done in my life. Uh-huh. Uh, just, I've never thought of coaching per se as uh, a vocation or something to work on. But I've always been told that I have a different way of teaching people or coming across to people. But that has come in is, I've always formulated my own way of learning. Mm -hmm. So the way I'll end up translating things is the way that I've understood it in my mind. And it's a way of maybe simplifying things so I can look at them more clearly.
1: Nice. So creating your own structure by simplifying it and you yeah. see that clarity in there.
0: But I've learned this from, uh, from a very young age that the shortest distance from A to B is a straight line. Uh-huh. So if you overcomplicate where you've got four stops between A and B, that's not the shortest distance. So the most simple way of getting from one point to the next. Is a straightforward line, and the easiest way to have a straightforward line is a simple line.
1: That's a very, very interesting short summary. The shortest way from A to B is a straight line that's precise and focused.
0: I think in yeah. English they say you don't need to beat around the bush, which means you don't need to mm. go into so many different explanations to get to one thing. If you have something to say, just say it straightforward, and yes, yes, yes. people will deal with it.
1: Classic be direct and not like you know hide everything so let me jump directly into a little bit more of a theme maybe when we're talking about your book um then i'm in the library now um and just want to know i was just asking for ibrahim's uh, autobiography um in which section do i need to go in the in the library besides the autobiography section where else can i find your book
0: Well, I've I've never (laughs) considered that, actually. (laughs) I think it's, it's, I doubt it'll be anywhere, unless you want to say lessons learned, Mm. or... I think biography or lessons learned uh, would be the most appropriate. I wouldn't go anywhere else.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm asking you this question because I know you, um, I met you last year and since that time, I also know you as a business person. And when we talk about autobiography, you know, perhaps, and that's what we're going to figure out now in the next uh, one, two hours is, um if you're sharing perhaps or business knowledge, business work uh, um, environment elements, and maybe perhaps this could be an interesting section to, to find your autobiography, or maybe another section in the library.
0: No, it's, um... Here, here's the point: is when when you look at business people who have written their biographies or have written about a certain subject, mostly you'll find that these are people that are experts in a certain. Uh, topic of business or a certain side of the business Uh, and I was actually thinking about this early this morning is I'm not an expert in any one side of the business in the the strictest definition of an expert but I'm knowledgeable or very well knowledgeable in a lot of aspects of business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in, in, in that sense. I do apologize for that.
1: No worries. (laughs) This happens when we we do the the recording remote and uh, and, uh, the laptop. No worries.
0: No worries. I've shut it down. So, yeah, a lot of people, I mean, there there are some people that might say, I'm an expert in a certain area or in a certain topic. I have never looked at myself in that manner. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, The way I look at myself is, there's always something new to learn. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe that anybody can be the know-it-all person because there's always something new to learn and there's, there's always something new coming up. And I really do not believe in that. You can be an absolute expert in any one topic, especially when it comes to business. Yeah, you can be more knowledgeable in that area of the business, but you will never know everything. Uh, I really doubt people who come to you and say we know everything. Nobody yes. knows everything.
1: And then, to be honest, in that moment where you say that, there is something new uh, created in this world, and there is or outdated it, already. It, I mean, this is an I, ongoing process. In the end of the day,
0: I'd rather look at myself as a a sponge.
1: Explain me that.
0: Um, a sponge will always, you know, it's, it's always obtaining more or has room to absorb more things.
1: Mm-hmm. But we also have, Mr. Sponge, you also have to squeeze to to unlearn certain things, perhaps, oh, and then.
0: Exactly, but then you end, up, you end up having the ability to absorb more. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I guess I'm just seeing that picture with the sponge right now. Um, you observe more, but you also have to squeeze out. So you have make space. So,
0: Well, well, my sponge is very big. So I'm still a
1: lot of space to, to yeah. again, that's great. So when I, now let's say I'm in the, in the lesson learned section or in that section where I, you know, autobiography section, I see your book, I have your book in my hand. What do I see on the cover?
0: Well, I've given a lot of thought for this. Um, I I think the the most vivid sentence that that comes to mind for, for me is, throughout my life, what I've discovered at a later stage in my life is that everything happens for a reason.
1: Very powerful sentence.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, the, the key for it is, sometimes you might not know the reason why something happened for 2 years, for 3 years, for 5 years, but there will come a point in the future where an event or something happens, and you go, ah, okay, this has happened because maybe 4 years ago this other thing happened. And this is what's driven me to, to, to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it could be something that happened with somebody else that's put them in your path.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you never know, and that's why you know you don't dismiss anything that happens to you as you know uh, an unimportant event, because anything and everything that happens happens for a reason.
1: Mm.
0: When you know that reason, uh, what is the rationale of why what had it happened, it will become clear with time. Mm-hmm.
1: You said earlier that um, when things happened in the past, it had to happen in the past to be who you are today or to, to, to have the learnings from today. Um, when we we look into this, what do you see is needed to see the learnings from the past? What attitude from the person is required that they see the learnings?
0: You you don't look for the learning. The learning will happen and the realization will happen automatically. You just have to keep in mind what has happened in the past and not dismiss anything as an unimportant event. Every event that, that happens in your life is important, takes you forward, as long as you're willing to learn from it or you're willing to, to acknowledge that event.
1: Mm-hmm. I and mean, the acknowledging part is important. That
0: Yeah, a- 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 acknowledging yeah. events is very important,
1: I think. Yeah, interesting. Mm, when I see now on the title everything happens for a reason, what image picture or whatever would I see on the cover? Oh. Or do I see anything? Is it just a blank page? What do what do I see on the cover?
0: I don't know if about an image or a person. <sighs> That's interesting. I think the image that just came, <laughs> the, the image that's just come to my mind, sort of like a flash. I don't know. if I think you're too young to remember those old film reels where you I have,
1: remember.
0: yeah, these uh, stills of you know uh, different small pictures in the film reel.
1: Of course, I'm. 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 Um, I, no, I... <laughs>
0: the old, the old, not the Polaroids, pre-pro. Uh, Polaroids, the the old films that you used to take them out and look at the film reel. And I, I think that would be an appropriate image because then it has a lot of it could have a lot of pictures or a lot of stills. There isn't one image that I can put down and say, you know, that's the event. That's the defining moment in my life. Uh-huh. There's been several. So there is never one event. Some events take more prominence than others, but I think all events do matter.
1: But it's also interesting when you mentioned that about that old films, it's they're also telling a story. You know it's like pictures, uh, moments, screenshots, if you want to say it yeah. like this way, but the screenshots connected are sharing a story. Telling a story.
0: Yeah, and that becomes a film. That <laughs> becomes end. a film, yes. Not that I'm looking to do a film. But
1: <laughs> 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 this will be the next podcast, turning your life into a movie. <laughs> um, so everything happens for a reason, and I see this kind of old film on the, on the, on the cover. Um, in every book, when you open it, there is this thank you page where you dedicate your book towards someone... Uh, or something, who, when you reflect in your life and you're looking to the autobiography, who would you dedicate your autobiography to? Well,
0: basically, start with my mother, Bless her soul, and then to my sisters. Yeah. They've been, throughout my life, the most important, the most constant factor in my life. So no matter what has changed, that has always been very steadfast and very steady. Uh, Yeah, uh, that's the only, there are other people that I appreciate or I'm thankful for, whether through their good or their bad presence in my life. But for me, the only important, Presence in my life are before she passed away. My mother, bless her soul, and then my sisters.
1: So I'm hearing out that obviously the learnings coming from your mother, from your sisters, from the family. Um, uh, let's
0: put it, let's say family. Family for me is takes priority over anything and everything else. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Money comes and goes, jobs come and go. Uh, Health is important because health enables you to do things, but above all else, it's, it's family. And in my case, family, because they've been there the longest, has been my mother and my sisters.
1: Yeah, it's interesting when you say money comes and goes. I mean, health is the most important. Usually when we don't have health, we see what we actually take for granted in the past. And then it's certain things which we cannot can, not can get back, you know, if we even wish for health sometimes.
0: If you, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything, basically. If If you have your health, you've got the ability to go to work, to do... Do stuff, go places, um, achieve things. And if you don't have your health, which is the basis, you don't have anything else.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. It's the foundation of everything.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you're losing the foundation, you cannot build on it anything. Yeah. And exactly.
0: Um, I've, I've never seen a building built in the air. A building has to stand <laughs> yes. on something. That's
1: true. Yeah. Um, So, I'm seeing the triangle page, and I'm going into the table of content. Chapter one, Ibrahim. Um, What would I, as a reader, read in chapter one?
0: So, here's a a couple of thoughts. Do I look at, and this is something I've, since you've mentioned to me about this book of life, is do I look at my life from a working point of view or do I look at my life as a personal journey? Both will overlap with time, but where would you start with?
1: It's hard for me to answer this because it's, you know, it's very interesting you're asking me this um, because it sounds to me that there is these two different worlds on your side, work and private life. And... <laughs> perhaps difficult on your side to know what is part in your autobiography. Because for me, when you're asking me this, for me, an autobiography is um, a summary of life lessons shared to an audience. And that can be across different fields. It can be from the work, private, a combination. Um, when I read
0: autobiographies in the past, and I, I've always been struck by... What a lot of people write in the beginning is my formative years. Mm-hmm. Right? And I've never understood where somebody can form their personality or their work ethic or whatever it is during just a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. You might get to 80 years old and you're still in the formative years. So, yes. And understanding what is. The beginning or what shaped me to be who I am today is not something that I would like to put in, in one chapter because every event that happened in my life has formed me as a person.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. It still know.
0: is taking me on, on that journey. So um, I I never look at chapter one as you know the formative years. I, I, maybe I'd look at it as the early years or the teen years, or
1: it you know. can be yes. I mean, it's totally up to you in terms of like. I um, you say the early years, um, the years where you maybe grew up. It can be you know chronological <laughs> as well. It can be uh, based on a p- specific theme.
0: Oh, we That's we look, I look at it at a, in a different way. So I look at it in in terms of events. Mm-hmm. Okay. On, on on a personal side, there's been two or three events that sort of took me in uh, different directions. So there's the early years or prior to my father passing away at the age of 19, Mm -hmm. right? And the image I do get is of a completely spoiled, pampered, uh, protected person Without a single worry in the world. <laughs> That's the only way that I can look at it.
1: Mm-hmm. And you said um, the spoiled person, protected person, how can I imagine that being
0: spoiled? Being spoiled, you, you look at the, the, this, maybe you'll understand this, and I don't know how a lot of the people who are going to look at this, but I'm an only son of three siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, My father was an only son to seven sisters. Uh, My mother was the eldest of her kids, and I'm the eldest grandchild. So, in any culture, in any place, that that eldest person and that first person that that is born into the family is usually, I don't want to say, granted more attention or maybe given more privileges. Than, than, than others mm-hmm. so I didn't understand the meaning of the word no
1: mm, I see
0: or uh, not allowed or not permitted for, for, for me that word did not exist in the dictionary
1: mm-hmm. were well, there are, uh, when you just look back were there moments where you remember these privileges where you say this was a moment I deeply remember where I got really spoiled um, no
0: matter in what age you were there there isn't one single occasion, but I can tell you overall, if I look at it and i run yes that's that really in my head is yeah i I know what I could get away with and what I couldn't uh, what I couldn't get away with was very, very little
1: <laughs> um you mean you're talking about your childhood now or also yeah. So when when how how do people um or your family, your mom, your dad, siblings would describe you, uh describe about would describe you in your childhood. So who were you as a child? Um I think
0: people's perception of me and my perception of myself are two different things.
1: Okay. So let's separate them. What would people describe you and how would you serve
0: yourself? <laughs> I never realized that I was in that position until later on in my life when I started looking back. So right now, if you ask me, yes, this is what I tell you. Uh, but at the time, it wasn't a matter of, yeah, I am spoiled and I do get what I want. But it was just a matter of This is how things were. So now I'm just describing to you how things were. But there isn't something or a particular event. It was taken... That's just how it happened. Mm -hmm. So, it it, it wasn't that somebody said to me, "Yeah, you're you're spoiled or... uh, yeah, you're, you've got what you want but now when I reflect on it I do understand that there was a lot of learning of principles of what's right and what's wrong uh, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and I was what I can tell you now is I was acutely aware of that mm-hmm. uh, yep yeah. You can do whatever you want, but there are parameters or there are within the reason of this is right and this is wrong, or this is acceptable, this is not acceptable behavior. So yeah, I could do what I want as long as it was within those boundaries. Mm -hmm.
1: And the boundaries were clear for you?
0: But I can tell you that the the, the boundaries were very clear. Uh, you don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't steal, you don't uh, hurt somebody else, you don't climb over somebody's back. There was that, that sort of learning. You know, this is what, uh, this is how our family behaves, this is our values, uh, this is where we come from, this is what's expected from you as a member of this family. There was all of that. But it wasn't strict. It was more in the sense of, yeah, you do understand what is allowed, what is not allowed. But within what is allowed. Mm. I don't I don't know if the right word is free to do whatever you want, but you know, you've you've got the ability to go and do whatever you want.
1: Yes, that's that's, that's gives you also the freedom of to explore and to learn by doing, uh, no matter what it is. So when um, we talked, uh, you mentioned a little bit about the childhood, about the boundaries. Um, and in the beginning, you asked me like regarding work in private, You know what do what you focus on in chapter one? Um, my question to you is, what do you want to share to the reader in chapter one? And it's a really first chapter about you. What is important for you to let other people know In that first chapter,
0: I think the the most important thing for me was learning of what's right and what's wrong, Mm -hmm. Uh, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable as far as behavior is concerned, Uh, and learning where you come from. it's not to live in the past, but I, I think it's always acutely important for somebody to understand where they come from, because that can always be a guide of where they can go in the future.
1: And you ask yourself this question.
0: And, and, and it's in the sense of, if you understand what's happened with you when you were younger, you do understand what you can keep with you as values that guide you in the future, mm-hmm. and what was wrong that you need to correct in your future behavior. So, like I said at the beginning, nobody's perfect, nobody knows everything from, from day one. There are things that are good and are beneficial to you in future life, that you can keep, And there are things, attitudes, behaviours, whatever it is, that would need to change with time. And understanding what those are is very important.
1: Mm. You mentioned the time factor. So over time, uh, behaviours need to be changed as well. I think this is an important lesson for many people who want to see a quick overnight success, overnight transformation, it takes time, no matter what transformation.
0: It does take time. It shouldn't take forever.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: It does take time. I mean, nothing changes overnight, unless it's a very radical thing, and that's an exception. But in the majority, it, it will take time. It could be months, it could be years. It depends on How urgent or how essential it is in in your life, Mm. and how urgent it is to needs, or how how much it needs to change to take you on the trip or on the journey that you want to go on. Mm. Okay, I see. So, a
1: question of how much needs to be changed? I mean, it's also kind of the threshold, you know, how much are you willing also to change?
0: It's like, you know, you have these uh, dimmer lights mm-hmm. and you can lower the light or increase yes. it. Yes, 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 You never know how much you need because it could be early in the morning, it could be winter, it could be summer, there's too much sun, there's too much light. Yes. So it, it just depends. It's a matter of tweaking as, as you go along.
1: Yeah, adjusting yeah. based on the learnings. Yeah, yes. Ibrahim, um, you mentioned about in the chapter one, there should be what's right and wrong, lesson learns. also where you coming from. How would you call this chapter one if you give it a title?
0: Interesting. I don't have a name for it. Now, thinking of it,
1: what comes to your mind? It's, it's, not like,
0: it's not like the formative years, but you know, I, I would call it the start of the journey. Uh, start of the journey. Uh, laying down the basics, it could be. Uh, yeah. Laying
1: down the basics. Mm-hmm. Well, I would then read uh, what's right and wrong, where you're coming from.
0: Um, Your value,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: the family, the, the background. There's, there's so many different words that I can use as a title for the chapter. And they're all relevant, but none of them is 100% accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's
1: interesting when you say that. It's not, None of them is 100% accurate. Why is that so important for you?
0: That No, no it's, a com- it's a combination of so many different things. Mm-hmm. It's not, and maybe this is what you'll see as, as we go along. I don't like putting titles on things.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Because I think the minute you start putting titles on things or giving things names and titles, restricts you in a way. I might have a title in my mind, but I won't share it. or mm. I'll only share it in the sense of, this is right, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. This is black and this is white. But if you want to give it a complete name, no, it's it's several things. It's not just one thing. Yeah,
1: interesting. I mean, if you willing, are willing or interested in not giving a title to your chapters, so right no, it's chapter one.
0: Um, I think call, say, it, call it a start, a start of a journey. Right? Start of a journey.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was just saying, you can also call it in a way that, you know, it's just uh, chapter one, as simple as it is. Whatever you prefer, this is now a co-creation. You create now. It's, it's your decision.
0: And uh, knowing my love of numbers, chapter one sounds very... <laughs> sounds very what? very Cons- good. Considering my love of numbers. Yeah. I love numbers and putting numbers on things. So chapter one sounds very accurate. <laughs>
1: Let's call it chapter one in that case. Let's let's do it this way. It's your book after all, Ibrahim. It's your book and your decision. So chapter one. You mentioned it's a bit about your childhood. Um is it um when I sh- just how can I imagine that? Is it time-wise towards your teenage age, towards your university, I, I or is it we, we're, okay, I would consider that
0: maybe from from birth and that ends. With the day my dad passes away. Mm-hmm. Which was just a few months short of my 20th birthday. Mm-hmm. So 20
1: years. Okay. So in chapter one, I would then obviously see that right and wrong where you're coming from. And then there's this turning point in your in your in your life when you were 20 years old. Um, seeing now chapter one and thinking of okay that might be then the next chapter in your life chapter two what do I read in chapter two
0: chapter two overlaps two things because they're around the same period and, and they overlap if you want to talk about the personal, me, and the... then the career, me. Because, that's around the same time that I started working, within a year or two of that. And, and the journey of work and the journey of a career, took me to many different places and and many different stops. Uh, But as far as personal, and I want to say personal development, if you want. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, there, there were things, if I look at it now, there were things that I developed, but not as much as I had developed before. And I never realized that or thought of it as a personal development. It was all thoughts in my head of, yeah, this is better to do this, this is better to do it that way. Uh, But, I would take the next, I don't know, maybe 25 years, and I don't see any changes in my persona.
1: What does that mean? Explain me that.
0: It's like if you've met me when I was 20 years old and then you met me until I was about 45, 50, you would have still met the same person.
1: When you say same person. Um, what can I imagine? In terms of values, then, in terms of attitude,
0: behavior, I mean. attitude, principles, uh, um, approach. Conversation. Maybe if you talk to other people, they would have seen a difference. Mm-hmm. But for me, I did not see any changes. It was the same person with the same attitude, with the same. Uh, if certain events happen, they will tick me off. Uh, uh, the same temper the same attitude all of it i don't see any change
1: when we talk about change now um you mentioned age 20 to 45 uh, can you tell me a little bit more what happened life-wise or work-wise in these 25 years when you said there were
0: there was a lot, a lot of events, some of them I don't really want to talk about, um, on a personal level, that meant I sort of had to go into a survival mode, and uh, into somebody who's very close to me says it's a firefighting mode, likes to call as a firefighting mode. So, it was just a time that extended for a very long period of time, is just managing to survive from one day to the next, from one week to the next, from one month to the next. So, I don't think I ever took the time, or was inclined to even consider... um, the personality side of things, mm-hmm. if you want, it's like that's my persona. Just move ahead, and there was no interest on my side uh, to even think of personal traits, if you want, which is uh, character, behavior. Uh, there, there was. My principles that I had found before that period, there was my values, and for me, that was the most important thing, and that was the end of the story.
1: Mm. When you mentioned the firefighting mode, I mean, I'm just seeing clearly in front of me a picture where obviously, there's a fire, you have to focus, uh, get it over with the fire that's a that's an object objective, and then focus um when i transfer this into your life when you said you were in the firefighting mode and you said you were, had no interest in personal centers and uh, maybe on a reflection you had no time what were the reasons why you were in this firefighting mode why were the reason what are the reasons why you that, there, there,
0: was a, there was a number of events that just put me into that situation it's something yeah. that uh, it was all as a result of my dad passing away, and then other events happened. Uh, yeah, it was just a matter of, yep, you wake up, this needs to be done, get it done, because the next problem is coming, and then the next issue is coming, and then the mm. next thing is coming. Uh, so it's just a matter of, as if you are on a long trek, Uh, you go up a small hill, then there's another hill, then there's a bump in the road, then there's an obstacle up up ahead. I was sort of, I don't want to call it non-stop, but it was an ongoing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: number of small issues, number of small things. Um, That's on the one side. On the other side... As a person, I never believed in, you know, uh, a life journey and uh, personal development. I, I considered all of that is hula uh, for me. So, <laughs> so it's like uh, I had this is something that I was uh, the, the the psychology of things and and the mental aspect of things was never something that. Interested me in the slightest.
1: When you now looking back into this twenty-five years, twenty to forty-five, um, can you explain just now how you behaved? You not have changed a lot. And when you now look back into this twenty-five year time span, um, what were the learnings? You personally? Uh,
0: the learnings I know now. I don't... You know
1: now, yes, yes. Yes, of course.
0: So it's like, yeah, maybe uh, there's an element of regret or an element of self blame that maybe I should have looked into these things earlier. Uh, Maybe I should have been aware of them. Maybe I should have been um, more conscious of them. But then, as the title of the book says, everything happens for a reason, and for, for me, the reason is now, because now I understand, mm-hmm. and maybe if I had been aware of all of these things, I wouldn't have been able to handle whatever came my way. Mm-hmm.
1: So you would say what happened in
0: this 25 years? I put it in a different sentence, mm-hmm. maybe being oblivious to me needing to look at these things, helped me survive those years.
1: Surviving those years is a very powerful
0: statement. Yeah. Yeah. So any event that happened, anything that might have hurt, whatever it is, it was sort of coming in here out of the other. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't aware of you know, the, the psychology of things and the mental aspect of things If I had been aware, maybe they would have affected me more. Maybe I wouldn't have been able to survive, or not to survive, to to overcome whatever obstacles in my way. So, now I look at it. I don't look at it with regret. I look at it with, you know what? I was that way, and that way helped me go through these years. And come out in a good shape on the other side. Mm-hmm.
1: So it had you had to go through there for the transformation to get yeah. out in a good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: that's why I'm I'm saying it is, is everything happens for a reason, and I think now, maybe if I was aware of all of these things that I'm aware of now, especially coming from the coaching, from other things that I have learned, I would have been weaker during those years Mm. and I would have been more vulnerable to these events but being the way I was I wasn't vulnerable to whatever came my way and I was just oblivious to it and I just went through it. Mm. So the learning I would take from this is I'm thankful for whatever happened. Mm-hmm. Or because it happened in that way.
1: Yes. yes, you're, you're reflecting it in a positive light, actually. Um, yeah.
0: I, I don't like to reflect on things. In a, in, you know, the minute you start going into a negative reflection, uh, you start being resentful.
1: hmm
0: and the minute you start being resentful, you start being negative. And the minute you start being resentful, you start being hatred. And I don't like the word resentful or the word hatred. Mm-hmm. For me, these are very negative words. I'll say I dislike something, but it's okay. not a matter of hate, as in, you know, that that negative emotion, for, for me, it's...
1: Because you're putting, a, similar to what you said before, you're putting a title on it, you're putting a category theme under it, when you say something like this, yeah. I yeah. see. Um, this chapter two, um, and knowing that you don't like to put names on it, um, I was just wondering, um, and there were a lot of these, these different events, uh, which not necessarily made you change, which you said before, you kept the same behavior, same attitude. How would you call this chapter? Uh, I mean, it be chapter, <laughs> chapter two in that way. I mean, it's the following number <laughs> number two. Uh, how? Yeah, what would I see in this book now? In the, in the you
0: see, this is the part of the book that we, we just spoke about the personal side of things, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: And there's the opposite side, which is the career-wise of things, where I went from a very junior clerk, uh, traveled abroad, came back to Jordan, worked in different things, ended up traveling to the UAE. So there was a multitude of different jobs in different industries that coincided with this journey due to those 25 years the learning I took from that is it got to the point where I was never a specialist in any one subject but I was knowledgeable in many industries. Uh,
1: what industries as an example?
0: So, I started working at the Jordan Medical Council as a junior <laughs> clerk. I've worked with the Ministry of Health in the Translation Department, I've done some work for Voice of America as a Translator, for a part-time, I've worked as uh, a host reception at a multinational hotel, I've worked in the airlines, for about seven years. And then I went into the travel industry and so thought that was something. And then I operated a tour operator before I moved into sales, business consulting in, in, in the UAE in, in different capacities. And until I got to about 45 when I moved into business consultancy. But now if I look at it, every single job that I took taught me something that benefited me in the following job.
1: Mm -hmm. Even so, it was complete different domains. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's where I got to the point in 2008, and that's about the age of 45, when I decided, okay, I've learned as much as I can by myself. I need now to formalize that knowledge. And that's when I decided to go and do uh, my master's degree. Mm -hmm. And that becomes the end of chapter two, beginning of chapter three.
1: So we're talking about age 45. I mean, around that. Okay. Chapter two and chapter three. It was actually
0: 45 and one week, which is, I made, I started the biggest job of my life on the 13th of June. I started my master's journey on the 30th of June of 2008, and that was exactly a month after my 45th birthday.
1: How do you remember this date, well?
0: Uh... Uh, I have a very... <laughs> I, I can give you dates, times, and even the day of the week where any event happened. I'm, I'm just worried like that.
1: <laughs>
0: um... I will tell you that My father passed away, for example, on Thursday, the 22nd of March, 84. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I can tell you that the last conversation I had with him was on the 21st of March, which is Mother's Day of 1984 at 10.30 at night. I can tell you that I knew of his passing away at 1.30 on Saturday, the 24th of March. I can tell you the day I started each job, and which day of the week it was, and what time I signed my contract, and I'm just wired that way. I just remember dates. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but that also means that you when you remember the dates. You know, uh,
0: I know I know the milestones, and I know exactly exactly. When
1: yeah. exactly. So I want to go to that uh, to that date you mentioned, two thousand eight.
0: Yeah, two thousand eight is. The day I started my job with uh, technical metal industries. Uh-huh. And I went in, having never worked in the metal industry before, I have never worked in manufacturing before. Um, the, the MD, bless him at, at the time, was looking for somebody, and I was introduced to him through a friend, a mutual friend, uh, somebody who's a hard worker, who's straightforward, and who doesn't accept bullshit. Sorry for the word. And on that basis, I was hired on that day, because I sat with him. I gave him my CV, and he said, forget about the CV. He tossed us aside, and he said, talk to me, man to man. And within 15 minutes, he had offered me the job. It was just as straightforward and as simple as that.
1: And how was it for you to start this job? And it was a completely different industry, complete different domain.
0: It was very interesting because we I, I come from a, a long line of engineers in the family, starting with my father, my grandfather, and, and other people in the family. And I've always been interested in engineering and building things and how things work, how things get constructed. Um, it was a sort of a I don't want to call it a hobby, but something that got this brain working. (laughs) Uh And and for me to go into this domain, it was, again, I'm going into something where I'm going to learn a lot. So the sponge comes back into it. I was going in with a dry sponge, and there was so much information to to absorb. And I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative of the trust that was shown in me. But I'm also now I'm very aware of my capacity to learn. And this is where I started learning about my capacity to learn uh, my, I don't know, I call it a God-given ability uh, to logically understand things, to neurologize things and, and put them in place and understand how they function. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was like the culmination of all the other jobs that I have done sort of prepared me for this job.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But I never realized that all of these jobs would teach me or give me the ability to do this job. And trust me, I had to learn quite a bit, especially when you're working with a team of engineers and you're not an engineer. Uh, engineers have a, a little bit of a arrogant attitude to anybody who's not an engineer. Uh-huh. You're not an engineer, you don't know what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> so, how
0: long did you work in that, that position? Um... It was a matter of, I think I stayed with the company for five years.
1: Okay, okay. The long term.
0: Yeah. Uh, the first three years
1: was head of a division
0: and then I got promoted to head of special projects, handling mm-hmm. uh, mega projects, which are projects in above, in value of about 10 million euros and above. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I learned a lot and i taught myself a lot and, and i think the the most important lesson for me is knowledge doesn't come freely you need to go out and get that knowledge yeah. nobody hands you knowledge on a plate and say you know here you go
1: <laughs> so we have to be very proactive go out and seek for it uh, seek the knowledge and see what Actually, whatever you experience, yeah. get the learning from it.
0: Yeah. And for for me, it was a matter of just being very flexible at the time. Yeah, this comes your way. You don't know it. Find the information that uh, work takes you in different directions. Mm. And if you become stubborn and say no, that's the only thing I want to do, or that's the only thing I'm comfortable with, yes, you will get to the point where you stand still. You don't move forward. You might not move move backwards, but for sure you will not move forwards.
1: Mm. It's interesting that you mentioned that you were in that state, also in a flexible mode, uh, rather than in a firefighting mode. You were more like okay, as it comes, you adjust to it rather than.
0: The firefighting was still not completely over.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: the firefighting was less, but it was still there.
1: We talked very briefly. I mean, it was a little interesting at the very end that you were a little bit flexible in how to react to certain things. Um, how important is that for you, this kind of being flexible?
0: Okay. There's, there's two sides to the story, right? There is the one side that is very strict within me. These mm-hmm. are certain principles, are certain values. And as long as you don't encroach on these values, principles, black and white in my mind, anything else for me holds no value and is not important. Mm-hmm. And just go in any direction, I don't care. Yeah. But there are certain things that I accept or do not accept. And, and in my mind, it's very black and white.
1: Mm. Is it clear from the very beginning already what is black and what is
0: white? Certain behaviors or uh, certain way of dress or certain ways of attitude, there is a threshold. There is a moment where you move from white to black and for me it goes from acceptable to unacceptable. Maybe that's wrong. What I know now about myself, Mm -hmm. but at the time, It was, it worked, Mm -hmm. maybe under other circumstances for other people, it's different. Mm -hmm. And this is where, when you talk about chapters of my life, yeah, it's my life. That's the way I took it. I could have been mistaken in doing things in so many events. But it was my character at the time, and that's the way I dealt with it. Mm. And maybe if I dealt with it differently, my life would have turned out differently.
1: Yes, I mean, there are...
0: You know, and you you need to get to a point where you're comfortable with what is happening. But even comfortable or uncomfortable at the time, had no room in my life. <laughs>
1: You didn't let it uh, take space in your life. It had had
0: absolutely no space, (laughs) no place in my whole life.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Um, That clear differentiation of what will be part in your life and what is not part in your life, is that something from that moment, let's say we talk about chapter three, is that something which you could see was a major characteristic?
0: You see <laughs> chapter two moves into chapter three in a very I can sequence it in a sequence of events and a uh-huh. of decisions. Yeah. Uh, this is where even the title of the book comes from is everything happens for a reason. So well, I'll take you through a couple of events. It was the decision, or getting that job, prompted the decision to do my master's degree at that time. Doing the master's degree meant that I ended up m- meeting a person who's had uh, a big effect on my life, and that's and I'll mention that person's name. It's Dr. Matthew Higgins. And, He was the Dean of the MBA program, when I started my MBA. And that then, led to the opportunity of working and coming back to the UK, and working at the University, uh, before I moved on to other things. Meeting Dr. Matthew also gave me the opportunity to go to the Leicester Conference of that is helped by the Tavistock Institute about experiential learning. And that then led to the part of chapter three where I've gone into the coaching, the realizations, the personal development, and that part. So these are a series of events that have happened that if I had not taken the decision to do my master's degree at that time, I would not have met Dr. Matthew. I would not have had the opportunity to apply for the university. I would not have gone to the Leicester Conference. I would not have had the personal realizations. And I then would not have been open to the coaching and the mental health aspects of things and the character realizations. So, and, and the minute that happened, I started looking back on my the previous parts of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing that this job happened because I had met this person, this job happened because I had met the other person, because I had a conversation with this, because I went to this place. So, it almost all of a sudden became a series of events that happened mm-hmm. And then one led to the other, led to the other, led to the other, led to the other. Mm-hmm.
1: Or like a chain. It's like, yeah, I mean, you're connecting the dots in each chapter and that each yeah. dot was an essential walkthrough. Um, none, none of
0: these dots were planned at the time they happened.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So you, you meet a person today and you go, hmm. why did I meet this guy at this time?
1: Mm. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Or why did I meet this girl at this time? And uh, So it's all part of the journey. Mm -hmm. It's all part of the learning. Yeah. You might not realize (sighs) what the reason for it is or what the benefit or what the consequences of it is. But at a certain time in the future, something will happen where all of a sudden all these previous dots connect and lead you to that place.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um, often these dots are not, cannot be planned because they happen. And if you plan them ahead, then it's not necessarily something you know you discover or learn. Yeah. it's programmed but when you have something non-programmed uh, you discover so much more in everything in work life and private life
0: and I, it, it could be an event it could be a conversation it could be a person mm. it's like in, in chapter three i started working with TMI, and uh in that position and then in the next position as head of special projects and the realization of my value came in Late 2012, Mm -hmm. we had worked on a very big project for the nuclear power plant in in the UAE, and I worked on that project extensively for about a year and a half. Now you have to consider that three years earlier, I knew nothing about the industry. And within three years, I was doing a submission for a nuclear power plant. So it's like going from zero to 103 years. Mm the realization of my value came on during the kickoff meeting for the start of the project after we've won the award we've won everything um, a Korean engineer who was the head of the project we were sitting down for lunch after signing the contract after signing everything and he looks at my boss and he says I am sorry to do this but we want to hire Ibrahim we think he is going to be a brilliant engineer to take over the electrical side of the electrical engineering side of the project and i laughed i said you know thank you very much and i really appreciate the opportunity but there's one problem and he said "What?" i said i'm not an electrical engineer i've never been an engineer i don't even (laughs) have a degree in engineering he went what do you mean I said, I mean, I'm not an engineer. He said, not true. You came into Seoul, into Korea, into an office of 25 engineers, and none of them could negotiate or get anything over the line with you. For us, you are the top engineer that we've met. I said, I'm not an engineer. I don't know anything about electrical engineering. I know a lot about my work, but not electrical engineering in general. And anyway, the conversation went on, and we went on to other things, and uh, we started commending the project. But that gave me sort of that day, going driving back home, I sort of realized, you know, crap. I'm worth much more than what this company is acknowledging for me for, and what this company is paying me for. And I had a conversation in the following three months with the guy who was not my managing director, but was my direct boss. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I haven't been appreciated for what I've done. And he goes, yeah, that comes from you doing a master's degree. You think you know more than I do. You're not worth anything. uh, And I can hire a hundred people like you off the street tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at that instant that I decided to resign.
1: How did you feel in that moment when you, when you resigned and uh, he said that to you?
0: When he said that to me, my blood pressure got up, rose up. And it was a matter of, you know what, you, X, Y, Z, whatever I'm... I'm going to say his name. And uh, if you're not appreciating me, I'm sure there's a lot of other people do. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment I decided to leave. I ended up resigning two months later because every time I heard his voice, my blood pressure went up. <laughs> and I mean this yeah. literally where uh, at the time I was doing some tests for my blood pressure. And one day I had just done my blood pressure and it was normal. And then he called. And the minute he called, I started measuring my uh, blood pressure again. I answered the phone. He was on the phone for two minutes, him speaking. By the time he finished, the result had come up. And my blood pressure went from being very normal to being extremely high, just hearing his voice. That's... The key moment when I realized that my health is more important than anything else.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what happened afterwards? And you know, when you resigned, and
0: the, the following week, I submitted my resignation, mm-hmm. and it moved out. And that's in 2013, and you see a sequence of events happening that were very important uh, within six weeks. I resigned from that job, my mother got very ill and then passed away, and two weeks later, I submitted my thesis for my dissertation for my MBA. Mm I was thinking about one year. So, again, you talk about dates, yeah these are the dates. Mm. So, on 25th of May I resigned, on this the thirtieth of May, my mother got taken into hospital very ill. She passed away on the second of July. I finished my master's on the thirty first of July
1: I cannot imagine how difficult that was for you in this moment to with a i mean m b a um have st- Situation, with your Mom. And look,
0: it was difficult and it was easy because it was difficult. Her passing away, she was been she was an essential part of my life for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But then she always wanted to do a master's degree, and she always wanted me to have a master's degree. Mm-hmm. So achieving that, uh, yeah, it was very important.
1: So You did it also for her, if I heard you about actually. Yeah, that gave you the energy. Okay, um, so going through this year in 2030, um, you mentioned that I mean around 2012, 13, or even the years before that's the these were the years where personal development uh, was before well, the, the personal
0: development happened is in in the two years after I finished my my Master's Degree, Mm -hmm. I had kept in touch... (coughs) I had kept in touch with the University. And then an opportunity came where the University wanted to do something between the academics and the business sector. And they offered me the opportunity to apply for the job. I applied and got the job. Two months into the job, or a few months into the job, the opportunity, the the School of Business works very closely with the Tavistock Institute to have the Leicester Conference. Mm -hmm. So as a member of staff of the university, I was offered the opportunity to apply and to be sponsored by the university to go to this conference. The conference is not cheap to attend and if I was, hadn't been sponsored, I wouldn't have attended. Attending the conference, I call it a very, very um, pivotal moment in my life. As far as moving from, you know, the person that's just going along in their life to the point where I started analysing and realising everything that has happened in my life, looking at it in a different way. And even accepting that there is a subject called mental health or coaching or understanding or characters. And as I told you before, that that side of things never even existed in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was for something for philosophers and mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. You know, leave me alone, don't even talk to me about all these subjects. Yes, yes, sure. sure. I don't want to call it a taboo subject. So <laughs> for me, it was something that I did not believe in at all.
1: But something has changed in that conference for you, then, and you not have believed in yes. this before. Why did you start then being interested in this topic?
0: The, the way the conference works is... Teaching you how to learn and how to start listening to people, to what they say. In the majority of people, if two people are having a conversation, the person who is doing the hearing will only hear what they want to hear, because that's their comfort zone, and not what the other person is saying, because what the other person is saying, might take them to areas that's outside their comfort zone, or outside their knowledge zone. And, what the conference does is, it works in such a way, that the first thing you need to do, to start understanding, or listening to the other person, is you tear down your defensive walls. And, Only God knows we all have defensive walls. Some of them are hundreds of kilometers long, and some of them are maybe a couple of bricks thick. My defensive walls were the biggest that you will ever find anywhere in this world. Not that I was conscious that I was building defensive walls, but what became apparent to me is through the years and through, you know, the, all the events that happened, I had built this enormous Great Wall of Ibrahim instead of Great Wall of China. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And that extended. And it took the counselors in, uh, in the conference almost the whole week, because the conference is two weeks long, um, for me to start tearing down those walls.
1: Was it only your work? Your um...
0: the, the other yes, people. Huh? The other people attending had their own defensive walls, but I would say none of them were. As high or as thick or as elaborate as mine was. And what I discovered at the end is I was the only non psychology psychiatrist uh, person attending the conference at the time. So you had the people who were from the profession, and I was the only non. Profession-oriented yes. person yes, 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 yes. At the conference, so that, and when I applied, I had to go through a series of interviews, people mm-hmm. because the conference is very intense on a personality level. Yes. So if your character is not strong enough, they don't allow you to attend. Mm-hmm. So the requirement were high
1: from the very beginning.
0: But. As you're going through the interview process and the submission process, they will not tell you what to expect. Mm -hmm. So you go in with a blank sheet of paper, with no idea what's going to happen. And you've got to have the open mind to do that now. Thinking back, if I had attended that conference even ten years earlier or five years earlier, I don't think I was at the stage that I was ready to understand and to take on board what was happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why I go back and I say everything happens for a reason. Yes, I see. everything happens at the right time. Why didn't I was invited to that conference five years earlier or 10 years earlier or 15 years earlier? Maybe mentally I wasn't ready. Maybe personally I wasn't ready. Mm. You know, I wasn't in the right spot to attend. This is why it only happened when it happened.
1: Mm. It reminds me of a, a saying, you know, the teacher comes and the student is ready uh the learnings the life learning so the event is coming when the student is ready to fully acknowledge what it is actually yeah the same conference would take place years before you might not have the same outcome. This was the
0: 53th year of running the conference. So why did I you know
1: nice, <laughs> nice anniversary. So Ibrahim one thing which I was wondering you know with that transformation um and knowing you also from the business side having your own business as well. And that's something what I want to quickly talk about as well. Now, um, that transformation in this conference that lead you to something building your own. It
0: just let me to just start looking at things. You know, um, it just bettered my self worth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, my evaluation of myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like this whole period in the past five years, um, several things happened. It's it's like one day I was asked to write my uh, things that I'm interested in or things that I have done in the past for the alumni book. And as I started writing things, you know, sometimes you, you do things and you go on and you go on and you don't realize what you've achieved, what you've done, what you've gone through. And as I started writing them down, I sort of, at a certain moment, started feeling embarrassed because I was moving into the second page and into the third page of mm. things that I have done, places that I have been, things that I have achieved. And until that moment, I hadn't realized what I had done. Because like, I've done this and I move on. You do this and I move. I never took the time, if you want, to celebrate anything that I've done in my life.
1: Yeah. The tap on your shoulder, literally. Celebrate what you achieved, the achievements, rather than just jumping from one place to another.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Quite a few things. Um, Honestly, at a certain point, I felt embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm I'm not one to blow my own horn, you know, to say, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And until you sit down and you start writing them, all all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I've done all of these things. I've done something in my life.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. uh, Yes. And you reflect, actually, we were not aware of that before. I found something very interesting. And I think I mentioned that to you months ago uh, when we talked a little bit about the, you know, the seven sense consultants that the company we found. And I found that's what just came to my mind. I want to share that with you. It's like you said, very interesting sentence uh, about the seven sense. It says the seven sense is, a, is that sense that each individual team or even organization aspires to achieve be it a sense of success, a sense of happiness, or belonging, a sense of value, a sense of future, or ultimately a sense of being, a sense of becoming, or even growing and continuing. So it's a lot of information, this sentence, but I'm hearing about the the growth
0: and future, yes. The information is is, is very important, and here I have to acknowledge, it's the deep thinker um, in our family, is my youngest sister, Lana. Mm -hmm. Uh, The whole concept of the 7th Sense is a concept that she has worked on for a number of years uh, to understand the value of it and to understand how it's developed. Uh, I I took the name of, and I'm using the same company name, Mm -hmm. okay, but the concept of the seven cents is hers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had the reading and my input into it, but in no way, shape, or form will I take credit for the name or the concept or uh, how it's been projected. I agree with everything that has been written and and, and put down and, and we look at it. Uh, and it's something that now I strongly believe in, right? But, how it has been reached and the concept of it, is something I cannot take credit for. Uh, As I mentioned from the beginning, at every single junction in my life, the only credit, and the only appreciation I give is to my family unit. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's been help, there's been support, there's been assistance, there's been um, whatever, but none of it comes even close to what my family unit has meant in my life. Now, and I I think that's the major, major learning for me, is no matter what happens in life, each person has to find, create, maintain a support unit, be it a family, member, a a friend, a a colleague, a neighbour, basically a person that understands who you are and that takes you for whatever you are, right or wrong, good or bad, weak or strong, whatever it is, that unit is always there. And for me, I would be nothing without my family unit.
1: I think this is super important, what you just said about that family support and background um, uh, understanding. Um, when when it comes to understanding the chapter three and what you're just saying is um, a very, very interesting because I just came up to that question to my mind. It's like, who are you today? Ibrahim, um, you mentioned about the coaching which you started. Uh, you, you, you know, Seven Sense, the company, consulting the business development. Who are you today? You would describe yourself.
0: I will describe myself. Just one second. Um, in a short sentence. I'm a person who's at peace. Which means I'm, I'm happy with who I am. I'm content with who I am. And I'm accepting of who I am, good and bad. <laughs> Beautiful and ugly. And I know, yeah, I might portray the image to the world that, you know, I'm, I, I'm perfect. But deep down, I know I'm not. Whether I acknowledge it or not is something completely different. I acknowledge it to myself. I don't necessarily acknowledge it to the outside world. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. But it is what it is. Mm -hmm. When we... And I like to think that I'm more good than bad.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. When we... When I want to when I look a little bit in the in the future now um right. we talked about the past at the present moment what is the next chapter in your life ibrahim when you
0: the the next chapter in my life is continue with the coaching and because I think the coaching is not just the interactive coaching but sort of benefiting your other your coachee, your, your, your client, your, uh, your, your coachee or the other person, on... You learn, like you said, the sponge gets filled. And so, at, at a certain point, you need to squeeze that sponge to let some of the information out, so you can absorb more. So, I think, I've taken a lot on board. It's time for me to give.
1: What is this giving? I think
0: um, this is how you achieve equilibrium in the world. You know, you've learned. It's now for me to teach others. Whether how much I can teach others or how come how much I can benefit others from my knowledge, I don't know. But I will give it a try. <laughs>
1: yeah. What do you want to teach? What What is the information you want to give out?
0: As I now, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm reflecting on what has happened in the past. So I think the best thing is the best way you can teach people is just telling them of your experiences of what has happened with you, and then let them take the lessons they would like to take. Because, don't forget, each one of us is different, each circumstance is different, each background is different, each education, each mental capacity is different. So, if you tell of a certain event and how it happened, to you and then to another person, each person will take a lesson from it differently, depending on their personality, their background, their age, their ability to understand. And I think this is materializes a lot in the co-active coaching. Being able to ask the right questions, being able to be with your coachee, being able to understand what they are saying, hear what they are saying, which is very important not hear what you want to hear, but hear actually what they are saying and then help them understand what they are saying, I think is very important.
1: Mm. Um, When we now, I mean, reaching kind of the chapter where we talk about the future as well, and chapter three, um, kind of finishing it.
0: Chapter three is is in no way finished, is...
1: An ongoing chapter.
0: Chapter 3 is an ongoing chapter. It's not finished yet.
1: So, when do you know when it's finished?
0: I guess when a certain event happens that will move me into Chapter 4. But I haven't seen that event has happened So I would say Chapter 3 is still being written as we speak.
1: That ongoing journey, a Chapter 3.
0: I think it might be a case of a year that this podcast might be that end of Chapter 3, beginning of Chapter 4. I don't know. But time will tell. And don't ask me when, because I don't know. I will realize a certain event has moved me to Chapter 4 when other events happen and then lead me back to that event.
1: Yes, I mean, this is also the reflection uh, on everything we said. Last dots, as you say, when you're looking in the future back to this moment today, this will be another dot which is important to be part of. Um, Just reflecting quickly on the last three chapters. Remember, we mentioned that it's very, you don't want to put a title on each chapter. So we keep in chapter one as chapter one, chapter two as chapter two and chapter three as chapter three. And the titles, that's something you feel comfortable with.
0: Yeah, I think I'm very comfortable with that.
1: Let's do it this way. So, in the last end, I just want to quickly check with you. you know when i have your autobiography book in my hand and i see like this three chapters i see like a little bit more what is the person today ibrahim the ongoing chapter three there is this copyright section in every book where you know in a copyright section, you you ask people don't copy that you need the uh, confirmation from an author so when, we, when i refer that to your autobiography um do you want the reader to know something which they should not copy from your life, life lessons, which you can give them and say, don't do that same mistake. Don't do this.
0: The only thing that I would advise is, it's something that's worked for me to a certain extent, but I would say, don't be stubborn, be open. I know I'm stubborn, I'm I'm very, very stubborn, especially when it comes to the black and white and there is no compromise, there's no, you know, a little bit of gray between black and white. For me, it was always black or white, and I think it has served me, but it has derailed me as well. Looking back, I wish at times there was this grey area that I would go into. I didn't. I know I've missed some opportunities, I know I've messed up some situations. Do I have regrets? Not really, but I have... Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's not regrets, but just wishes that maybe I should have had these realizations earlier
1: the so step on thing is a very important element
0: well, yeah, person... the other thing is listen mm-hmm. you
1: know, really listen so everything you're trying to teach in the coaching as well um, no,
0: it's foundation, it's understanding listening to what the other people are actually saying rather than just hearing what you want to hear is important. Some people are blessed to know this at a very young age, and some people will learn it later in life. Yeah. Uh,
1: yes, and this is what is coaching. is about um, listening, learning to listen, learning to receive what it is. And the person wants to communicate and find the answer by yourself what by the coaches. By ourselves. Ibrahim, we are kind of reaching the end uh, in this conversation. I hope it's not too noisy right now, because right now I, I heard noises in my background, a little bit the neighbors <laughs> trying to make That's some noise in the background. Um, I want to now, uh, when I'm now summarizing, I just want to know a little bit more about when I have your book in my hand and I'm closing the book and I'm seeing the back cover. In the back cover, you see kind of an intro about the book, kind of you make me a little bit give me a teaser of what is really, you know in that book. If you do a summary, and it might be a challenge to do a summary, but what what are, are the words which m- would make me curious to open your book, which I can read in the back cover?
0: I think it's it's not a book of lessons but it's a book of a journey that each person should read and draw their own conclusions of what are the lessons to be learned. So, I hope it's not boring, but it's more insightful of how certain events can affect your life, and how not to be afraid to take these decisions, although they might come later in life.
1: So it's basically a book where everyone is taking their own knowledge out of it.
0: Yeah. I, it I, this is something I always promote is, I cannot teach you what I learned. I can tell you of what happened to me. And then you can either compare it or learn from it or uh, draw conclusions from it for your own life, depending on your own circumstances, depending on your own comprehension, uh, knowledge base, background, circumstances, and how you might deal with situations. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a very firm believer that... No two people are alike, we are all different. But, every person you meet in your life, no matter who they are, whether it's a king or a pauper, you will learn something from that person. Whether you know that you have learned something today, or you will understand that you have learned something in 10 years, always know that whoever you meet, and whatever conversation you have, Will teach you something. When you you will use that knowledge, nobody knows. But there will be a day when you go back and say, ah, "I spoke to that person. I know what they said. This is a knowledge that I can use."
1: That's very p- powerful uh, sentences. What you just said. It's um, it's something what everyone, I think, it is no matter what generation uh, need to truly experience and understand and listen what it really means because in every situation every event every person where we meet is a, is a learning where we can take out but we have to be open to see the learning and yes. fully understand yeah ibrahim we're in the end of the session uh, in this uh, well, podcast thank you so much for the time and everything i will put um i mean for, uh, in when i uh in, in the short notes i will also add the link um from 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 your company, but also from the LinkedIn, so people can uh, reach out to you or maybe when they're interested to learn more about you. Ibrahim, thank you so much. Um, I'm really thank looking you. forward to learning more about you in the next few weeks, and months, in the, in the coaching field. Yeah, and you know maybe we have a follow up, and then maybe that yeah, will be chapter we'll, three and chapter we'll four towards to the next coaching.
0: Thank you so much, Daniel, for reaching out, and I really appreciate it. And it's been much more enjoyable than I thought it would be. <laughs> uh, I'm not very comfortable talking about myself but no you, you, you've made it very easy and very flowing in uh, putting this together so thank you so much I really appreciate it
1: great and I can't Good wait to, to to publish that book in, in, in yeah. kind of an audio podcast and with a, uh, with a um, uh, book cover as well great thank you so much Ibrahim and yeah I'll see you next time
0: yeah, yeah. brilliant
1: So this was Ibrahim Murat, I kept thinking about his quote, always know that whatever you meet and whatever conversation you have, we teach you something, super inspiring. We learn from others more about ourselves when we learn to listen. In pre-Christmas and Corona times more important than ever, we approaching the Christmas time and hope you stay in self, never forget, always look up and never give up. See you next time.